Morning. Morning. And it's good to be back. I say this every time I come. When you are worshiping online, it is way different than when you're worshiping with the body of Christ. For a couple reasons. One, the love fills this place and you feel it. Second, I can't hear myself sing. Ha! <laughs> it's awesome. The people around me don't like it as much, but it's just, it's, it's great to be able to come and just make a joyful noise and be with the body of Christ, enjoying the love of Christ together. So uh, it's great to be here, you guys. Um, for those of you that are relatively new, my name is Dave Denstead. I've been around here for a while. Um, just moved to Havasu City lately. I only did that so that Byron and Dave wouldn't feel guilty driving from where they're driving from <laughs> when they see us drive drive by their house, wave to them on our way in. I'm going to talk to you this morning about um, performance. And um, we're going to be in Ephesians 3. Or we're going to be starting at verse 14. And while you're finding Ephesians, if you're kind of new to your Bible, you get to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Romans, Acts, Romans, and then you got um, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, and just keep going to the right, Galatians, Ephesians. You know, as so many things impact how we see ourselves, don't they? I mean, so many situations have impacted whether we feel good about ourselves or whether we feel loved, whether we feel valued. I mean, it starts as early as in our family, doesn't it? I mean, as, as we're kids, um, it feels much different, doesn't it, when um, your parents are smiling and hugging you than it does when they're disciplining you and some may even be yelling at you. Doesn't it feel different? I mean, one way you feel kind of loved and accepted and valued, and the other way, whether it's intentional or not, as a child you feel like, gosh, what's wrong with me? Why don't they love me anymore? And so what ends up happening is, is we have this perspective that in order to be loved and valued, we need to be good. And whether it's intentional or not intentional, I think somehow, sometimes that kind of happens in our thought process and our perspective. And, and it kind of continues, doesn't it? Because once you get kind of out of the house, early school years, even first, second, third grade, you begin to find out that some people like you and some people don't like you. It feels good when you're around some of the people that like you. It doesn't feel so good when you're around some of the people that don't like you. And you begin to learn that if I can act a certain way, that people will like me and people will value me. And, and you, you start getting into relationships and you realize that, that within relationships, Sometimes it feels good and I feel valued, and other times if I feel like I'm devalued, things break up, things don't work out the way that they should. And it just it creates this, 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 this draining thing that kind of happens. Our hearts kind of get cracked, they get broken, they get holes in them, created by different circumstances that happen in our lives. And we just don't feel like maybe we're valued or loved because of things that happen in our lives. And we end up, you know, getting into even more serious relationships, which could, which could potentially create even more damage and, and painful things that, that drain us. And some events do that to us, where maybe there's some big game we're playing in, and, and you miss the one free throw that, puts a, that could have locked up the game, and then you come down at the other end, and you foul somebody, and they go to the free throw line and make both of them, and they win the game. 
Yeah, that happened to me. I'm still. <laughs> but those things, those, those things hurt, and they, they, they create this hole in our heart that, that seems to empty out some of the stuff that, that could be filling us and create significance to us. Things could happen in careers. Things could happen in a lot of different places that create this damaged feeling that we have that we feel like maybe we're not measuring up. Maybe we're not um, living up to what we should be or could be. So life really is, is draining in a lot of ways. And it just begins to drain our, our feelings of self-worth, our feelings of value, our feeling of being loved, our energy, our significance. And when we don't feel loved, it really can leave this empty, drained, drained feeling that we have. And, and we've learned that love and acceptance is directly related to performance. So if I perform better, people like me more. If I perform better, I accomplish more, which makes me feel better. If I perform better, things happen that are more beneficial and, and I, I'm more loved and I'm more accepted. And, and we develop what I call um, the performance mentality. And, and we begin to think that if I can just do things better, I'll be more full, I'll feel more fulfilled. If I could just perform at a higher level, I'll be more fulfilled, I'll feel better about myself. And what that does is that rather than filling us, it tends to leave us even more empty because we find out that the more we try to perform, the more we try to do things, the more we try to create this place where we can be filled, it seems to be even more draining because what happens is we're, we're kind of empty because we're being drained, and so we want to find something that will fill us. So you know what we do? We go and find a spouse. So if I get married, then I'll be fulfilled. That person will fill me. And so I come into my marriage wanting my spouse to fill me. And you know what ends up happening? She's empty. <laughs> and I go and fill me and she goes you're supposed to fill me I go I'm empty and so we have these two partners trying to expect fulfillment from each other and the other person's empty you know what that happens what happens when that happens it, it, divorce fights disappointment anger resentment all kinds of things are created because we're both empty expecting the other person who's empty to somehow magically fill us so what do we do if that doesn't work? We have kids. <laughs> kids will fill us, right? Perfect, you know? That's how they start waking up at two. How could a baby be hungry every two hours? That's impossible. And fortunately, I can feed the baby, so. But, but they, they, they're supposed to fill us, but, but they, they begin to fill us to some degree and drain us to some degree, right? You know, the early years, there's more filling than draining, then they turn 13, <laughs> and then they just suck everything right out of you. <laughs> right? It just doesn't work. That, 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 that won't fill us. It'll drain us more than it'll help us. So we decide, you know what, what I need to do? I just got to get my career going, because if I could just be successful in my career, then I could be fulfilled. Then I could have significance. Then I could feel like I'm worth something. And so I just pour myself into my career, and I find out that the more successful I become, the more I get drained, right? I don't know if you've ever been in a career where there's goals, but if you make this goal, you know what happens next year? Here's your next goal, and then here's your next goal. And it ends up becoming more draining than fulfilling. You get fulfilled by the accomplishment and you get drained 
by the circumstances that happen within that. It just doesn't work. So we just, that doesn't work. So then we decide, you know, I know what would really make me feel better if I could just have a nicer house. If I could just get a new car. If I could get a new car, that would make me feel so good. Have you ever bought a new car? How long does it take for that new car to be less fulfilling? It's like you drive off the lot, on your way home, you see 30 cars that look exactly like your car. And you're going, that's impossible. So we, we try to get you know, nicer houses, nicer cars, nicer toys, nicer things. And then what ends up happening, right, is it does, that stuff fills us a little bit. But then, it, then, then the cars break down, then the houses need to be painted, then the houses need to be maintained, and then the toys, need, and, and then it, be, it becomes something that, that, again, we're trying to get some kind of fulfillment, and, and the things we're trying to use to fulfill us are draining us. So we're trying to do this performance that somehow is supposed to make us feel fulfilled. And what we're finding is rather than it being fulfilling, it becomes more draining. And we, we begin to, to really strive after something that will make me feel good. People become addicts to drugs and alcohol. Some become addicts to work. They become workaholics. Some get, become addicts to adrenaline. They just want a, a more success, even in success of and, and business competition stuff. We just start trying to find something that will make us feel better, that will help us perform at a higher level, that will help us feel more fulfilled. And it doesn't work. We begin to realize that really the only way to be filled is, is with the relationship with Christ. And here's a challenge with that some, to some degree. And those of, of, of you that are, are suffering from this performance mentality uh, like me, um, Realize that, that once we become a Christian, you know what we do? We take that same performance mentality into our relationship with Christ. And we think, if I could just perform better, if I could just work harder, if I could just do more, if I could somehow perform at a higher level, God will love me more. My Christian life will be more successful. I'll be more fulfilled because now I'm accomplishing more things for God. And you know what ends up happening? It becomes draining. Because I don't know if you've known this. Churches would be awesome if there just weren't any people. <laughs> people hurt you. People do things that, that are, are, are painful. And so, and so when we think that somehow by, by performing at a higher level at a, at a, in, in a Christian environment, that somehow that will fill us. Somehow if we could just do more, believe more, have more faith, that somehow that will be the fulfillment that we need that will really feel good. And it, and it is. I mean, the Christian life is a fulfilling life. But I think sometimes we miss it when we have this performance mentality and we feel like we just have to do more, to earn more, to, to have more. And the accuser doesn't help, right? Satan is always coming to, to us saying, you know, God is really mad at you. I mean, it, it, you can't talk to your wife that way. What are you thinking? I mean, God, will, God is so mad at you, 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 you might as well give it up. Just, just give it up. You're useless. And, and if he doesn't say that to that, I just say that to myself, right? None of you ever talk to yourself that way. I mean, I talk to myself in ways that if I was talking to somebody else that way, they would, they would never talk to me again. But, but that's what happens when we feel like we have to somehow perform at a higher level 
in order to accomplish more, to feel better, to feel more fulfilled. So, Ephesians 3 helps us get our arms around. So how do we become people who are full? Because the performance mentality does not work. It doesn't work. And so Paul, who I believe, I can't find the verse in Scripture that Paul had a performance mentality, but I believe he did. I mean, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. According to the law, he was perfect. I mean, he did everything perfectly. Got in a fight because Mark didn't live up to his expectations, wouldn't let him come again. I mean, so there's things maybe that Paul was, was you know, grappling with around just performing at a higher level. Apart from that, this prayer really helps us deal with some of that stuff. So we're in Ephesians 3. We're going to pick it up at verse 14. And I just want us to get a grasp of Paul's heart. So starting in verse 14, he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man. So I want to stop there. So here is Paul praying to the Ephesian church. Ephesus is a huge city. They have the Temple of Diana there. It's one of the wonders of the world. People flocked from all over to worship there. They had, you know... Uh, temple prostitutes. He had all kinds of craziness going on. This whole book Paul is, is writing to help the Ephesians understand their relationship in Christ, who they are in Christ, who they are as an as a, as a, a heir to the throne. And so he wants them to understand the significance of that. And he says, for this reason, and Ephesians is one of those books like every 15 verses, he says, therefore, or for this reason. So if you really wanted to know what for this reason was, I'd have to start at one and then we would be here till next Thursday. So we won't do that, but, but um, he wants them to really understand their relationship with Christ and the significance of their relationship with Christ. So he says, for this reason, and he talks about who their daddy is. I bow my knees before the father. Who is this father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives this name? It's really important for us if we're going to be fulfilled to know who we are. To know that we are created by the Heavenly Father exactly the way He wants us to be. Exactly. You are created exactly the way God wants you to be created. That is so powerful. We don't need to compare ourselves to anybody else. We don't need to say, Guy, I wish I was smart like that. Guy, I wish I was good looking like that. Guy, I wish I was strong like that. Guy, I wish I was athletic like that. Guy, I wish I could sing like that. I mean, God created us exactly how He wants us to be created for exactly what He wants to do. That's really powerful if we are going to be people who are going to be fulfilled. Because then we don't have to wish we were like somebody else. We can be thankful that we are who we are. It frees us to be us and to let him do his work in us. So he says that from whom every family in heaven and earth derives the same, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. He will grant you according to the riches of his glory. He, I read this and I think he will grant me according to how hard I work. He will grant me according to the way I perform. He will grant me according to the success I accomplish. That's not what Paul says. Paul says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Not out of the riches, according to how much glory he has. He will grant me according to the riches of his glory. There's no performance there. It's, it's his gift to me. To be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. 
to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Now, I read that, and this is my life verse, and God is finally getting me to understand it. And you guys have to suffer through my growth process. But anyways, I read that and I go, that is incredible. So that he's going to strengthen me with power through his spirit in the inner man so I could perform at a higher level. Yes. So I can do more, be more. So people will like me. So I'll have success. So I'll be fulfilled. Because I get fulfilled by performing at a high level. Now listen to this. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I read that and I went, oh, that doesn't have anything to do with performance. Well, why is that? Why is Paul saying that God would, would do that according to the riches of his glory, that he would strengthen me with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ could dwell in my heart through faith? For any of you online, any of you who might be here for the first time, let me just talk a little bit about that. Because this, this is the key to fulfillment. See, for Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith, and you guys know this, so this will be review of uh, Salvation 101. First thing that needs to happen for us, Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith, one is we have to know that we're sinners. We're sinners, and, and as sinners... God expects perfect people in heaven. He will not accept imperfect people in heaven. So there's two choices that we can make. One, we could perform at a really high level, perfection. And if we can perform at perfection, we can get there. So uh, most of us, I would guess, have already failed at that option. And God knew that that option was unachievable. But we have to know that because we're sinners, we're separated from God. And we need somehow to, to um, be able to have access to the throne. You know, Romans, Paul wrote in Romans 3.23, says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's our position. We've sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. He says later on in that same book in Romans 6.23, says, for the wages of sin is death. So here's the position. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What's the price we have to pay for being sinful and falling short of the glory of God? Death. It's a penalty. Death, period. Done. So what do we do when we're in that position and death is the result? The second thing we have to do is recognize that and then know that Jesus came to pay that price. Somebody had to die so that I could have eternal life. Jesus came to pay the price. When Jesus came, he died on the cross. There's a reason he died on the cross. If there was another way to do this, he wouldn't have done it. He went to the garden and three times he says, you know, God, I changed my mind. Don't want to do it. Don't like it. Bad idea. Let's do something else. Is there some other way? And God says, no, the price has to be paid. And he says, well, not my will, but your will be done. So he went to the cross and paid the price for our sins. John tells us, 
in First um, John 1, 9, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, when he died for us, he paid the price so that we could have a relationship with Christ, with God. That's our access into heaven. At the end of Romans 6, 23, when he says, for the wages of sin is death, he says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We don't deserve salvation. We can never perform at a high enough level to get salvation. We just receive it as a gift. When, when I get to heaven and God says, why should I let you in? All I can say is Jesus paid it. Jesus paid the debt. I owe, I owe death. I, I owe you eternal death. And Jesus says paid in full. Paid in full. Praise the Lord. Paid in full. Now, this is critical for us to understand because this is, this is the process of understanding what it means to be full. Paid in full. I'm debt-free. I try to teach people how to be debt-free in real life. No money, no, no, no bills, no mortgages, no car payments. Not, if you can become debt-free at my age, it feels really good. But not nearly as good as being debt-free eternally eternally. Now he says this, and this is the third step that's so critical. He says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, we can't earn it, we can't perform for it, there's nothing we can do to deserve it. It was done totally by grace, unconditionally. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, and here's two key words, our Lord. Our Lord. So once we realize we're sinners, once we realize we need to be, the debt needs to be paid, once we realize that Jesus is the one who paid the debt, the next step is we need to accept his lordship in our life. This is where freedom comes. When Jesus is Lord of our life, we're set free from performance. When we realize who Jesus is, when Jesus is dwelling in our hearts through faith and we really understand what that is, and Paul's gonna give us a glimpse in the next few verses, but I really want us to understand how critical this is. Why does Jesus need to be Lord of our life? Because he knows what's going on, duh. Can we get that? Uh, we bought a new Jeep. Believe it or not, new cars break down. Exciting, feeling, draining. But you know what? what? Marge is way smarter than me. She pulls out the... Owner's manual. Me, I'm just trying to figure it out. I get more frustrated because it loves to read the owner's manual. Why does she read the owner's manual? Because Jeep made the car. Who knows what, how to fix the car? The Jeep does. Jesus created the universe, created us in his image, knows exactly how we're put together, knows exactly what fulfills us, knows exactly what gives us significance and value. He, he, he knows. If he knows, why don't we let him be the one who takes control? Why don't we let him be the one who runs things for us? Why don't we let him be the one who directs us? When we understand how powerful that is, we have a loving Savior, the creator of the universe, who's, who's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise, all-everlasting, perfect in love. If that is the person that wants to help us get better, wouldn't it make sense to let him be the one in charge? And it's a continual battle of us fighting against that. 
So Paul, as he continues this prayer, because he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Why does he want Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith? So that you, being rooted and grounded in love, when Christ dwells in our hearts through faith, God is love. We become rooted and grounded in love. We become planted in the love of God. We have a solid foundation in the love of God. And he, and he doesn't stop there. He says, so that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. I'll tell you, the things that we do are filling to some degree. I mean, it feels good to have a good relationship. It feels good to have a good marriage. It feels good to have a nice car. It feels good to have a house. It feels good to, to live life. But all of those things are short-lived. They, they're temporary. It stops filling and it drains. If you could have something that says, if you would ask me for water, like Jesus told the woman at the well, if you would just ask for him for water, I would give you living water. I would continue to fill you and continue to fill you and continue to fill you and continue to fill you. Because life will drain you. But isn't it nice if you know that things are draining you, if you have a hole here and you have a hole here and you have a hole here and you have a hole here because those things have been, have been damaged and you know that somebody's going to continually, 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 continually filling us. And by the way, bring healing to those holes. Life becomes fulfilling. We become full. And here's what he says, and this is, this is beyond my comprehension. I mean, it's hard enough for me to figure out... Um, the love of Christ and the, the, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and all that stuff. And he says, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. I mean, can you even imagine what that would be like? Could you imagine have a marriage where two people are so filled up to the fullness of Christ that stuff is just pouring out all over the place? It's not about performance. It's not about, do, it's, just, it's just there's so much love that we just want to give because we can't handle it anymore. Could you imagine being in a work environment where people are not, con, you know, the corporate world is really a great place to be because you get really good at figuring out where the landmines are, right? Any of you in the corporate world? Because if this guy has this position and you have this position, you become his enemy because guess what your next position is? So he doesn't want to help you. He wants to make you look bad as much as possible so that he can preserve his position. And so there's a lot of landmines that get laid by people who, don't, who are competing for position. Could you imagine if people were so full that they didn't worry about their position, that they didn't care about their position, they weren't performing to become fulfilled, they were already full? Do you imagine what that would be like? I mean, life would be unbelievable when we could be people who were full of the love of God, who were full to the fill of God. I can't, I can't even begin to understand what that would look like. And Paul says this, and this is, one, this is one of those misquoted verses that get misquoted all the time. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Isn't that a powerful verse? So, so often we read that and it says, oh man, 
So he can do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So I want him to abundantly beyond what I can imagine give me a great career. Oh, if he could just give me a better car. Oh, if he could just fix my wife. Oh, if he could just... And, and so what do we do? We begin to focus on things that are draining by applying this verse. And that is not at all what Paul is talking about, is it? What's Paul talking about? Yeah, that we would be filled to the fullness of God. Now, now, if you're like me, I'm trying to think, what would that be like? I can't even comprehend that. And Paul says, so to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond anything you could ask or think, God could fill you to the fullness of God beyond anything that you could ask or think. You don't have to work hard at it. You don't have to perform for it. You can't perform to get God to love you more. You can't perform to get God to love you. There's no performance you can do that will earn more love, more grace from God. You can't do it. And for us to understand that he will do abundantly beyond anything we ask or think in our understanding of how much Jesus loves us and what it's like to live in the love of God, what it's like to know the breadth and length and height and depth, the love of God, to be rooted and grounded in love. If he could do that in us, wouldn't that be incredible? And you know what happens? The enemy gets us distracted on things that are draining and we begin to apply scripture to things that drain us and take us away from a focus of just being able to let Jesus fill us with his love. How freeing is that? Now, are those other things important in our lives? Heck yeah, I mean, they are. And do they fill us to a degree? Yes, but when we can have those things coming out of the fullness of God, it's a completely different environment. The things that normally stress us out and get us frustrated and get us angry because they break down, they do this, they do that. If we're out of the fullness of God and we're trusting God that he's in charge and that he knows what he's doing and it's his universe and he's the one who has the plan, then we can trust him with that and not get frustrated with it. So we don't keep score in our marriage. Well, I did this five times for her and she hasn't done anything yet. I mean, we don't do that because we're so full it doesn't matter. When we go to a career and just be who Jesus wants us to be and not worry about the other stuff, it's freeing, it's, it's fulfilling, it's significant. And then it says, the last part of that, it says, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. It's all about his glory. I tell you, if we want to be people that understand it's not about performance, it's really not about performance, it's all about surrender. And surrender is all about trust. And when we trust him and believe that he's really good, that he's really faithful, he's really powerful, he's really loving, that he is who he is, we can let him do in us what he wants to do in us to be who he created us to be, to do the things he wants us to do. How do we do that? That's Doug's sermon next time. <laughs> but I'll tell you a couple things. One, this is his owner's manual. This is his owner's manual. If you, if you aren't spending time with him, talking to him, listening to him, letting him communicate with you through his word, you're going to miss it. This is part of how we fit together. That, that's why the online service is really helpful, but it doesn't fulfill as much as coming in person and loving each other and sharing with each other and, and, sh and praying together and, and, and allowing our filling to pour out onto each other. Great to be filled to the fullness of God. It's not about performance. Can't work hard at it. 
just have to let God do it. Surrender to him. And just enjoy the richness of being filled to the fullness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. And Lord, thank you that your Holy Spirit just continually is poured into us. And Lord, I just pray for each one of us here this morning that we would be people who would just relax in your presence. That we'd be people who would realize that um, you won't love us any more or any less based on our performance. Your love for us is perfect. Your um, faithfulness in our life is perfect. And that you will always be a God who loves us perfectly. And so have us trust you, no matter the circumstances, no matter where we are, what situation we're in, that we would know that you're God and that we would we'd cry to you, that we would lift our hearts to you and that we would know that you love us, you care for us, and that you're placing us perfectly in your eternal plan. Lord, may we just continually be filled with your spirit and be healed from the inside out from all the stuff that's draining us. And we'll just give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.